0: Good day, poker peeps. My name is Sky, and thank you for spending some of your study time with Smart Poker Study today. So, I'm really excited about today's podcast episode because I often get the question, Sky, how do I study poker? Well, you're possibly doing it wrong. So, in this episode, I'm going to help you stop just exposing yourself to poker strategy and instead start learning poker strategy. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> yep thank you very much sheriff bart everybody whip out your poker journal and take some notes to help you take notes go to the show notes page smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 394 for a transcript of today's episode okay no more dilly-dally let's do this gambate you will see everything are you ready my son Yes, I am. I think. then we haven't a moment to lose. So the other day, a listener by the name of Ted, he asked me how to study poker. He said he reads books, he watches videos, uh, follows my podcast, uh, follows my blog, smartpokerstudy.com, all that stuff. But he just hasn't made the inroads. He hasn't made the progress that he's wanted to. So I simply responded with a question. I asked him, Do you practice the strategies that you learn in the content that you consume? See, here's the problem. Ted had this problem in our email back and forth and everything. Uh, A lot of people have this problem. We continuously expose ourselves to different strategies. Maybe we watch a video on c-betting, or we listen to a podcast about staying in control mentally as you play, or you read a chapter in a book about preflop hand selection. But That's all that we do. We watch something, we listen to it, or we read it. And what do we do when we finish watching, listening, or reading? Well, we just move on to the next one, right? We just watched a video on YouTube. It'll automatically play the next one in in the queue or, or a video related to what we just watched. Boom, it pops up. Hey, I might as well just keep watching this right now, right? So we do this a ton. We expose ourselves to strategy, but exposure does not equal learning. So I'm going to give you the most simplest two steps ever to learning poker strategies. Step one is thoughtful exposure. And step two is practice what you learn. So let's dive a little bit further into step one, thoughtful exposure. You must, listen to this, you must purposefully choose the item that you're studying. For example, let's say you're having problems with c-betting right now. Uh, You shouldn't study a 3-bet video. Focus your studies instead on the thing that's giving you issues right now. So purposefully choose that item. Next, you must take notes. We all know this from back in high school and through college, right? Note-taking helps you remember everything. This allows you to take your studies with you into the future. One of the great uses of your poker journal and the notes that you take is you can read your notes before, during, or even after your play sessions to kind of refresh yourself on the strategies that you're trying to use. And then as you're practicing the strategies in game, you can add to your notes. You can edit your notes based on what you're learning as you're practicing. The next part of this is you must limit your exposure. Now, like I said before, Watching one YouTube video leads to the next, leads to the next. Or listening to podcasts, you listen to my podcast next, you go to Red Chip Poker next, you go to Thinking Poker next, right? All in the same day, boom, 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 uh, content, content, content. Instead, uh, you must limit that exposure. That means you're not overexposing yourself to any strategy. If you try to consume three pieces of content today, what are the chances that you're going to retain any of it, right? Even if you take notes. I think not a good chance at all. One at a time is better and limit yourself to just one piece of content at most per day. I even recommend once every th- or one piece every 3 days or one piece every week. Now, what this does by limiting your exposure, this gives you the time to digest it, to purposefully noodle on it, to practice the stuff, and you can even let your subconscious mind like find solutions on its own. I want you to think of the content that you consume as food for your mind. If you give it only one item at a time, it's going to put all of its focus on that one thing. Now, when you limit yourself to just at most one piece of content at a time, sometimes your subconscious mind can take over and help you make connections that, uh, that you didn't at the time that you studied it, right? Now, this is a very simple example from last night, actually. I was watching a movie with my wife. It's called The Accountant. It's streaming on HBO Max right now. The Accountant... Uh, is played by Ben Affleck. He is ex-military. He has cognitive issues, kind of like Asperger's um, and autistic in some ways, right? But uh he's an accountant, so he understands the numbers, understands math and everything, but he's also kind of like a killer. And he has no qualms about killing bad people. And he has to develop these skills of uh, protecting himself because he's actually an accountant for drug cartels or terrorists. And so he's not necessarily a good guy, but he's the hero of this movie, right? Well, during the movie, one of his mentors tells him, find somebody that you trust in this business. You need to have people watching your back. And so throughout the movie, you see Ben Affleck talking on the phone to somebody. It's a female voice. She's got kind of like an English accent Uh, to the way she speaks and everything. So throughout the movie, you never see this woman. You just hear her, her voice. At the very end of the movie, you're reintroduced to a character from the beginning of the movie, and this character only speaks through the computer. She types in something on her computer, and she's speaking to somebody else, and the voice that comes through the computer is the one that you heard throughout the movie on the phone. So this is the person that he's trusted since childhood. She's the one, his confidant, his support, his uh, uh, watching his back, right, that's helping him with everything. But at the time, when I watched the movie last night, um, I didn't make the connection. I didn't realize that that voice coming out of the computer was the same one on the phone, but this is cool. I went to bed. I woke up this morning during my morning stretches. I wasn't thinking about the movie, but all of a sudden a question popped in my mind. Wait a second. Was that voice on the computer the same as the one on the phone? And then so I went back to, uh, uh, turned on HBO Max, right? Popped up the movie, went to a part when he's talking to her on the phone, listened to the voice. Okay, I understand that voice. Fast forwarded to the end of the movie. Boom. The voice out of the computer was the exact same. So my subconscious, without me even trying to do it, I exposed myself to one movie yesterday. That was the only movie I watched. So overnight, as I was sleeping, my mind was working on whatever. It was working on that movie in the background. Just imagine if I had watched that movie and then followed it up with another and then followed it up with another three movies, I really doubt my mind subconsciously would have drifted back to that first movie, right? And so that's the same thing about limiting your exposure to poker strategy. Give your mind time to work on its own in the background subconsciously to help you find those solutions to your poker problems. Okay, so step two to this whole thing was practicing what you learn. Actively practicing the poker strategies that you spend time on, it really is the number one way to learn. And that's why you've probably heard me say this a million times. Action is the greatest teacher. It's why I give you action steps at the end of most videos, every single chapter in my books, um, every single podcast. I try to give you an action step as well. I'll be giving you one in just a little bit here um, uh, at the end of videos. In the Poker Forge, I'm all about taking action, right? Because action is the greatest teacher. That means that after you study and expose yourself to new strategies, you must purposefully practice them in-game. I have another hobby besides poker, and that's woodworking. In a video, I can create a video right now. It'll take me a few hours to create the video, but you can watch a video. In 10 minutes, I can teach you how to build a cabinet, right? But you're only going to truly understand And know the process by doing the work yourself. I can show you everything in the video, but you have to cut the plywood to size. You have to build the face frame using pocket holes. You have to glue the pieces together using biscuits or dominoes, construct the entire cabinet, the doors as well, install the hardware, sand that puppy down, soften the edges, and then finally apply the finish. You can watch me do all that in 10 or 15 minutes on a video, but it's going to take you a good Two, five, ten hours doing it the first time to truly learn and understand the process. And that exact same thing holds true for poker as well. Not just something physical like building a cabinet, but for the mental aspects of poker. You've got to put in the work. So, for poker, here's an example from my own life of learning to 3-bet bluff. Thinking back at the beginning of my poker journey, I started playing live and I was strictly a value three better, a tight value three better, actually. Maybe I only ever three bet with pocket queens, kings, aces, and ace king. Now, eventually, through watching videos, I learned like strategies for three bet bluffing. And I don't remember the videos I watched or maybe the chapters I read in books, but one of the things I learned was that suited and connected aces are great for 3-bet bluffing. Hands like ace-5 suited and ace-10 suited. Now, why are they great for 3-bet bluffing? They block your opponent from having pocket aces, ace-king, and ace-queen. Doesn't mean they can't have them, but you have an ace in your hand, they're less likely to have those strongest hands themselves which with which to defend against your 3-bet. Also, Ace-10 suited, Ace-5 suited, they're suited and connected, so they play better post-flop just in case your opponent calls you if your bluff doesn't work. And they can flop really strong draws, right? Gut shot straight draws, the nut straight draw, nut flush draws as well. And because you flop those strong draws, you block them from having strong draws and strong hands, right? So you can get aggressive post-flop to steal the pot later on if that pre-flop 3-bet didn't work. So Eventually, I decided to practice this for myself. I looked for suited and connected aces and just started 3-bet bluffing. Now let me tell you, at first I probably wasn't thinking about uh, all the other things I should be thinking about, right? My bet size, the stack sizes, the player types, the positions of everybody involved, uh, the player's open raising range. I was just looking for hands like ace 5 suited, ace 10 suited. So I just began experimenting with 3-bet bluffing and those hands. Sometimes it worked, and of course, sometimes it didn't. But this practice built a working knowledge of 3-bet bluffing, and I got better at it over time. And one of the great things is the successes built confidence, and so I kept 3-bet bluffing with those same hands, but I would also sometimes veer outside, king 10 suited, pocket 8s. If I think my opponent can find a fold and I don't necessarily want to call, all three-bet bluff with a wider range of hands than just those suited aces, uh, suited and connected aces. And another great thing too, the failures are great learning opportunities. When you make a three-bet bluff, one of the reasons is because you think your opponent can find a fold. He didn't fold, so what does that tell you? If that hand actually gets to showdown, you get to learn what your opponent decided to call you with, and those are great learning opportunities. Great. I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. Challenge. Here's my challenge to you for this episode. I want you to find the most recent strategy, podcast, video, article, chapter in a book that you consumed and you were exposed to something useful that you want to practice. And it's probably just the most recent video or podcast you listen to, right? Go ahead right now. Re-consume it, but do it with the idea of thoughtful exposure. So take notes and do not consume anything else until you've practiced what you learned. I want you to keep your notes open as you practice those strategies in your next few sessions. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you visit the show notes page smartpokerstudy.com slash pod394 and make sure you check out my other podcast. It's called Daily Poker Tips and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. To subscribe just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash dailypokertips or search for it in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.